Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you've joined me. Our goal each day is to open the Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. Well, we're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible, and today is April 22nd, and our reading comes from Luke chapter 21. Jesus and the disciples are walking through town. The disciples see the temple and some of the buildings there in Jerusalem. They're amazed. They're talking to Jesus about it. And Jesus begins to talk to them about end times. I want you to listen to what he says. This is chapter 21, beginning in verse 6. He says, The time is coming when all these things, talking about these buildings that they're commenting on, will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Teacher, they asked, when will this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to take place? He replied, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and saying the time has come, but don't believe them. And when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Then he added, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and there will be famines and plagues in many lands. There will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You'll be dragged into synagogues and prisons. You will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you. For I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Even those closest to you, your parents, brothers, relatives, and friends will betray you. They will even kill some of you, and everyone will hate you because you are my followers, but not a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will win your souls. And when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you will know that the time of its destruction has arrived. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. Those in Jerusalem must get out. Those in the country should not return to the city. For those will be days of God's vengeance, and the prophetic words of the Scripture will be fulfilled. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. For there will be disaster in the land and great anger against this people. They will be killed by the sword or sent away as captives to all the nations of the world. And Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the period of the Gentiles comes to the end. And there will be strange signs in the sun moon and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near." Boy, Jesus says so much in this passage about end times. And one of the things that people are asking about right now, as much as ever in my lifetime, 
is when they look at what's happening in the world, what does all this mean? How does it relate to the end times? Is this the end? Is Jesus coming soon? Should we expect him at any moment? Well, that's a great question. And let me highlight just a couple of things that Jesus touches on. First of all, he says that there will be messiahs who come in his name, claiming to be the Christ. And the truth is, when you look throughout history, this has already happened many, many times. There have been dozens of men who've showed up and claimed to be the Messiah in our own nation. A famous example of this would be David Koresh, right, years ago, who claimed to be the Messiah and claimed he would die and be resurrected, of course, He died, but was not resurrected. So this has happened in history before and continues to happen. Then he talks about wars. He says kingdom will rise up against kingdom, nation against nation. Of course, we've already had a world war or two, right? And you think, well, that's happened many times before. But one of the things that's different now is with the media and social media, we're all much more aware that the conflict has happened. And because we're a part of a global world economic commerce, we're all connected. It's going to force everybody next time to pick sides. And so I think he's describing a dynamic there that wasn't true until the last 10 years or so. I think that's interesting. When he talks about persecution, he says you're going to be persecuted by governments. And in America, we have a tendency to think, well, we're not really persecuted by the government. Maybe it's not yet. But we have to remember the global church and around the world, more Christians are being persecuted for their faith today than at any other time in world history. This is a huge issue. It's happening right now. And he says, in fact, families are going to be split up over this. And in the Hindu world, in the Muslim world, in the Buddhist world, if you make a decision to follow Jesus, you're often rejected by your family. That's true in the Jewish world. It's true in the Mormon world. There are a lot of religious systems in the world right now where if a person decides to follow Jesus, they'll be totally ostracized by their family and community. So what Jesus is describing there is already true. Then he talks about the armies of the world surrounding Jerusalem. Well, if you look at a map, this wasn't true in the first century, but it's true today. When you look at the map, you got tiny little Israel surrounded by all these Muslim nations who are often threatening to wipe them off the map. Then he talks about signs in the stars, and he talks about the moon and all that stuff. And again, almost every day in my newsfeed, we're talking about meteors and bursts from the sun and all these things in the heavens. We're looking for extraterrestrials. Like It's like all this focus on the heavens seems to line up with what Jesus is describing here. And then he talks about sea level rise and how everybody's kind of fearful of that. And it makes me think of global warming and the whole idea that the earth's getting warmer, the polar caps are melting, sea levels are rising, and everybody's in a panic about that. Could be what Jesus is referring here. So let me just say this. When you think about end times, there's two big end time theories. Here they are. One is called a pre-rapture tribulation, which is what I believe in. And that is that any moment the church will be raptured from the earth, there'll be a seven-year tribulation period. A powerful, charismatic leader will establish a peace treaty with Israel for seven years between Israel and the Muslim nations. Halfway through that time, this leader will declare himself to be God, the Messiah. 
the second half of the tribulation begins, and it is rough. You can read about it in the book of Revelation. Then at the end of the seven years, Jesus returns. This is the second coming. So you have the rapture, but then you have the second coming of Jesus. And when Jesus returns, he establishes millennial reign. He rules as king on the earth for a thousand years. At the end of the thousand years, there's this final battle where Jesus defeats all of his enemies. Then the earth is destroyed by fire. There's a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus rules on the new heaven and new earth. We're there as his children, and we live there with him in paradise forever and ever and ever. Now, the other major theory is a post-trib, and the only thing that's different in a post-tribulation theology is that the church is here for that seven-year tribulation period. And so during the rapture, we're here, and we can be here as a witness, even in the midst of our suffering. Either way, I think what this passage teaches us is two big things. Number one, we need to live with a sense of urgency because I think when you look at the scripture and you look at what's happening in the world today, I believe it is painfully obvious Jesus is coming back soon. So with a sense of urgency, let's be looking. Who in our family, our friends, our coworkers, who is God calling us to tell them about Jesus? And let's let's have a sense of urgency and boldness about that. Let's talk about Jesus. Listen, faith is not private. Let's talk about Jesus. The second thing I think is so important is let's stay close to Jesus. At the end of the day, when you talk about end times, a lot of people get overcome by fear. At the end of the day, we don't need to fear. In fact, the number one command in the Bible is fear not. So let's not be afraid of what's going to happen next. Let's stay close to Jesus and trust that he will give us what we need to survive or to navigate whatever it is we have to go through. In fact, he says so in this passage, right? He says, not a hair on your head will perish. Stand firm and you'll win your soul. So let's stand firm. Let's live with faith. Let's stay close to Jesus so we can be prepared for anything that comes our way. Well, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much that you hold the future. And one of the things that's so encouraging when I read this passage is that none of this catches you by surprise. You know what's going to happen next. You've got a plan. We're your children, and we win. Jesus is victorious. He is king, and his kingdom will have no end. And so, God, I pray that you would fill our hearts with faith and a sense of peace and assurance about the future. And no matter how exactly those things play out, God, we can trust you to be with us through it. And uh, so, Lord, build our faith. Help us to stay close to you. Help us to live with a sense of urgency in telling other people about Jesus while we still have time. The Bible clearly says the only reason you haven't already returned is that you're being patient with us, not desiring any to perish, but for everybody to come to life. And so, God, give us a sense of urgency about telling our world about Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for joining me today. I hope you have a great day. Remember, before you begin your day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.